Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. All right, welcome back to the show. This is Mike Smith. It's time for Baldry's Beat now. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, a dramatic day in the House of Commons in Ottawa yeah. here as Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has a, a, addresses a virtual presentation to a Parliament, and it was really something here. I'm going to play a clip of it here for you. We'll get your thoughts, Keith. So here is President Ukrainian President Zelensky here speaking a short time ago to the House of Commons. Justin, can you imagine hearing... You, your children, hear all these severe explosions, bombing of airport, bombing of Ottawa airport, tens of other cities of your wonderful country. Can you imagine that? Cruise missiles are being falling down on your terrain, and your children are asking you, what happened? Wow. Wow, President Zelensky talking a short time ago and addressing it directly to Justin Trudeau, saying, mm -hmm. Justin, can you imagine if this was happening in Canada? Pretty, Your thoughts? Pretty dramatic and historic stuff. I mean, we've had historic uh, addresses to Parliament in the past, Winston Churchill, uh, Ronald Reagan, but uh, this one is right up there with him in terms of historical importance. But Zelensky keeps pressing the West to enact a no-fly zone, but there's no evidence that's going to happen. It's just not on the table from the West point of view. Uh, they don't want to bring in the play nuclear weapons. Yeah, he'll be speaking to the American Congress tomorrow, and I'm sure there'll be a similar message. Yep. So he continues. Very really, heartfelt, really drive very home. emotional. What's happening in Ukraine is absolutely terrible, um, but we're at a standstill. There's peace talks underway, but they don't seem to be making any progress at all. Let's uh, listen to Justin Trudeau here talking a short time ago in the House of Commons in Ottawa. Have a listen. Your courage and the courage of your people inspires us all. You're defending the right of Ukrainians to choose their own future. And in doing so, you're defending the values that form the pillars of all free democratic countries. Justin Trudeau speaking a short time ago and directly addressing Zelensky and praising him. But mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, no, there will be not be a no-fly zone, though. The story doesn't seem to change from day to day. There's these ceasefire talks that are on. They don't seem to make, be making any progress. Everyone's talking about finding an exit strategy for Putin, face-saving strategy. No one's come up with the magic solution here. And as a result, the carnage in the desk go on. Yeah, and people talk about that golden bridge concept for Putin. Mm -hmm. If they could give him some sort of an off-ramp where he can withdraw with some sort of and claim a victory, whether it's some sort of declaration of neutrality on Ukraine or some sort of the off independence. The off-ramp may be allowing him to, to annex control of those eastern uh, disputed territories. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's been talk of some sort of internationally sanctioned referendum in there and independence yep. in these territories. I mean, there's been lots of ideas that have been put on the table, but... He's very unpredictable. I mean, you, yeah. you, how, do you, how do you reason with a guy who, does, who seems to be operating very erratically? He's put himself out on a, on, a, on a cliff, and no one's figured out a way to get him back. Okay, get set to call me on that one and tell me what you think, as Ukraine continues to plead for that no-fly zone, once again, directly from the Ukrainian president in the House of Commons today in Ottawa. All right, um, we, we got great coverage coming up later today on the show of this budget battle involving the Vancouver Police mm -hmm. Department. 
And this is really something. I'm not sure I've ever seen this before. No, I haven't. Where you have a a local police board recommends a budget for policing, which happened in Vancouver. The city council overrules it, cuts, cuts it by it. $5.7 million, which is what happened in Vancouver. And then the Vancouver Police Department appeals it to the province. I didn't even think and the province overturns it and tells the city you got to put this money back. I didn't even know you could appeal it. I didn't know a police department could actually appeal that decision. That's that's a first for me. And uh, appealed it directly to I think Wayne Wrightout, who's a veteran civil servant, uh, who overruled him and has restored fund. I mean, talk about not defunding police, which is uh, an interesting development at the provincial level. And this is going to turn into an election issue. Yeah. And it could come back to bite Kennedy Stewart, who's seen uh, as crime escalates. Well, he claims crime is, crime is down, which may be, but the problem he's got is crime is up when it comes to recorded videotaped crime. That's the problem. Well, also, violent crime is up in some a lot of neighborhoods. That's right, and and a lot of this is showing up with on videotaped evidence, and that hits home to people. These incidents of people being beaten up or stabbed are filmed on camera. Yeah. Uh, so that throws this, any statistical analysis out the window when people see actual uh, pictures of people being uh, violently treated. And but Kennedy, what Kennedy Stewart's got going for him, he's got a, he's got a split opposition. And that's the best his best weapon right now. Yeah, and the decision to restore this funding in the city of Vancouver for the police department, as you said, was made by Wayne Rideout, who is the director of police services for the province. So here you have the province kind of overriding this budget decision by a local city council, which to me is like quite extraordinary. And this goes unprecedented, back, as far as I can tell. I'm not sure I can think of a, no, that happening no. before. And this goes back to the 2020 budget. That's when all this started. This is been fight this battle's been going on behind the scenes for a couple of years now listen to this so here's vancouver police chief adam palmer at the time saying basically they were blindsided by this budget cut by city council have a listen this motion nobody saw it coming i was not given a heads up in fact i was told there was going to be a discussion and it was nothing really to worry about Okay, so that's Adam Palmer, the police chief, and then Kennedy Stewart, the Vancouver mayor, saying like this was at the, the start of COVID, and he was saying the city was broke. Okay, so they needed, they had to cut. So here's what here's what Kennedy Stewart had to say about it. All of us are aware how essential police are during um, during times of crisis, but I think people would also recognize that the city is under uh, significant uh, financial challenges, and we have to find a way forward. That, that best works for everybody. Okay, so, you know, this one now, now the city is now warning, okay, they've been hit with this ruling. Could mean uh, higher property taxes for Vancouver residents next year. Oh, undoubtedly. You, you recall back then, you, the clip you played of Kennedy Stewart, that was when Kennedy Stewart was holding those weekly news conferences uh, talking about how Vancouver had no money and demanding the province step up and give him money. That did not go over well, I can tell you, with the NDP government who was in the same situation fiscally as every other uh, municipal, provincial, and federal government. So he had no sympathy from the province, which is, again, I'm not surprised the province has, um, overruled basically city council here because there's there's not, even though Kennedy Stewart's a former NDP MP, there's not a lot of love uh, lost between these two levels of government. Okay, well, we've got some great coverage coming up on this uh, 
Vancouver police budget issue. And I agree with you. This is going to be, I think, obviously an election issue in the fall in Vancouver. Kennedy Stewart is running for re-election. They, he, they also made this decision at the height of the, the sort of the the flavor of the day of the lefty notion of defunding police. Yeah. Remember that? Sure. Uh, that doesn't have a lot of public traction uh, anymore. Not that it ever did, but that was all the rage back then in 2020, defunding police. Well, especially now when we see the spike in random stranger assaults in Vancouver, we see the epidemic of broken windows mm-hmm. downtown every single day. So people are concerned about crime. They're, they're concerned about yep. their personal safety. Now, here's the thing for, for Stuart, though, and this touches on a point that you raised. His opposition is divided. Yeah. So he is running for... For mayor to be reelected, but look at all the people running against him on the right. So you've got John Cooper, who's been nominated by the NPA party. He's running for mayor. Ken Sim, he's running for mayor again. He's got his own new party called a Better City Party. Mark Marison, the former husband of former Premier Christy Clark. He's running for mayor. Now you've got Colleen Hardwick, a former NPA councillor. She's running yeah. for mayor. She's got her own political party, too. So you have all these people on the, the right of the spectrum. All splitting the vote. They, they'll split the vote. Yep. No, and then it, so Kennedy Stewart gets back in easy. I think Ken, Ken Sim and John Cooper are probably going to finish number two and number three to, to Kennedy Stewart. He does, you know, when, when you're running against three, I, I put Colin Hardwick up there as well. I don't think Mark Marison has a, enough numbers necessarily to have as great an impact as Ken Sim, who almost won last time. Yeah. And John Cooper. But again, Marison, Hardwick, Cooper, and Sim are all drawing from the same voter pool. And that allows Kennedy Stewart to get in with a very low percentage of the vote. Yeah. Even if people are concerned about. Yep. Public safety and the police budget. I think he might just he might just sneak. Yeah, back the, in. the other four can make a, a hay all they want of crime, and it can be very effective at the uh, in terms of determining voter turnout and voter preference. But if, when you're splitting one side of the vote four ways, the other guy can win very easily. Hey, welcome back to the show. It's Baldry's Beat. The phone lines are open. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898, toll free in your cell. Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, Mike, I just want to say I love, I love the show. I like getting my two bits for it then. And thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to say in terms of crime in Vancouver, my son and I were at, we were at a hockey game, uh, I guess, four to six weeks ago. I have never in all my years, I'm 53 years old, felt so uncomfortable walking the streets in your city. I think your mayor, I think Kennedy Stewart is out of touch. And, you know, the guy cuts this budget, the city council, and he voted for it. What was it, $5.1 million he cuts out of the budget? $5.7 million. $5.7 million. And yet, the guy spends, what, three hundred and fifty? what was it, three fifty, four hundred thousand on office furniture? I'm sorry, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. That should come back and bite him. You okay, know, well, I, it, it has come back to bite him, but, the, but the will thing it is, though, will it <coughs> bite him fatally? This yeah. is as we were talking. Thanks, Rob, for the call. Um, when your opponents, your opposition, is split four ways, uh, that's a, a complete gift for for one who's not part of that for uh, that foursome. So Kennedy Stewart, unless something dramatic happens, is going to win re-election unless one of those some of those fours uh, drop out of the race. This could result in a property tax increase in the city of Vancouver to pay for this police funding. Less than 1%, ruling. though. That's what they're saying. So, so I'm looking at councillor, Vancouver City Councillor Adrian Carr, uh, quoted in uh, VancouverIsAwesome.com. And by the way, I'll be speaking to their reporter, Mike Howell, coming up here, who's done a really good job in this story. And she told, this councillor told him 
that I don't know where we're going to find this money. That's a lot of millions of dollars that could result in property tax increases. Now, there had been an estimate floating around of like half a percentage point could increase in your property taxes. Kind of negligible. And if it's tied to funding police... I don't think that's a, a political downer. Well, that's the thing. Like, if you make it a pitch that, okay, your property taxes are going up by this amount. Well, they're already and, going up anyways. For, for police. They're already going up anyways. I mean, Vancouver uh, does have high property taxes uh, compared to a lot of other municipalities. This is not a major component of the tax increase. I'm still kind of shocked, though, that you've got a provincial body can overrule a city council on police spending. Yeah. It's weird. Well, again, you and I were talking about here. Is this part of the Vancouver Charter? I've got to check in uh, further into this. I mean, Vancouver operates under a separate uh, a piece yeah. of legislation than other municipalities. It's, it's called the Vancouver Charter. Other municipalities don't have that that uh, le- that uh, governance framework. So we'll have to check further to see why they, uh, they can over the, overrule Vancouver City Council yeah. on a budget matter. Keep phoning me. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Susan in Surrey. Hi, Susan. Oh, hi there. Uh, I just wanted another thing about Kennedy Stewart. Um, <clears throat> on your show, he said, well, I feel safe walking around Vancouver. And I think that's his whole problem. He doesn't think about other people, like how they, like he should be, you know, uh <sighs> considering other people more than himself. Thank, thank you for that. Well, I did notice that he was a guest on the show here last week, and I did notice that a lot of his talking points have changed. So he did not repeat that that line about, mm-hmm. I feel safe when I walk down the streets of the city. I think that the city is safe. Now he's talking about, well, pe- other people do not feel safe and we're going to do something about it. Because I, I think he realizes this is an issue for him in this election I think, campaign. I think he recognizes uh, the, the sands have shifted here, that yeah. uh, he thought this wasn't an issue before. And as a mayor, you don't want to label your city as unsafe. I mean, you, you're a mayor representing your city and you're trying to paint it in its positive hues as much as you can. But I think uh, a spate of incidents that have been caught on videotape, that have been shown on the news over and over again, has led to the perception that it's not a safe city, at least not in every neighborhood. And he has to, I think he's, uh, he's getting that. Well, the other thing that a lot of people seized on when he made that comment that I feel safe when I walk down the street is that this is an able-bodied white man. Yeah. And a lot of the people who are being targeted in these random attacks are women or they're minorities. They're, yep. like, there are hate crimes going on. Their women are being targeted. Oh, there's a lot of, uh, there's been documented evidence of attacks on Asian Canadians. I mean, yeah. the, the racism uh, linked crime is on the increase. And you're right, Kennedy Stewart is this, you know, you're a white, older ma- white male and a w- high income. You're not like everyone else in Vancouver. Yeah, I mean, you're less likely to be targeted. Like, we saw that 45 minutes of mayhem in Fairview yeah. a couple of weeks ago where it was like five different women were targeted. And I interviewed a, a witness on that who said that the, she watched this guy running wild on the streets and up and down the stairs of this apartment building terrorizing people. He didn't pay any attention to men. He no. was going after women yep. exclusively. So, yep. I mean, people see that and they, they, they see it happening. You know, just to go back to the, the political landscape in Vancouver for a second... This is an absolutely perfect storm for Kennedy Stewart here because the right wing, the sort of the right of the political spectrum in Vancouver municipal politics is completely splintered and shattered to pieces here. You know, they, like if they want to beat this guy, they should rally around a single candidate. Well, yeah, and they won't do that. So they're all, they're, they're not putting their differences aside and rattling it around one candidate. They are four candidates splitting the center right vote. 
And Kennedy Stewart would have enough on the center left to cruise to victory, potentially with less than 30% of the vote. Okay, 30 seconds here. What's coming up? The legislature is now about shut down for a couple of weeks. Two-week break. Uh, so what you're seeing now is ministers out there making uh, re-announcements of stuff that was announced in the budget. This is a, a time-honored tradition. Uh, you're seeing a couple announcements today. You'll be seeing ministers out there in various municipalities this week and next week re-announcing what was announced in the budget with a little more granular detail. Keith, thanks for coming Talk in Talk to you tomorrow.